And what we really need is something better. Someone who will teach us the way we should go. Someone who will tell us everything that we really need to know to make it through this life. Someone we can trust. Someone who will tell us the truth. Someone who will reveal God's will for us and for our salvation. We need a prophet. You're listening to the Holy Joy Sermon Podcast. Visit us at holyjoys.org to find more resources for a holy, happy church. The title for my Advent Sermon Series this year is very simple. It's simply titled, Waiting for Christ. Waiting for Christ. But even though it's simple, there's a lot of meaning packed in there. The word Christ probably comes out of our lips hundreds, if not thousands of times in any given year. And sometimes we treat it kind of like it's the last name of Jesus, Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ is really a shortening of Jesus the Christ or Jesus the Messiah. Christ or Messiah tells us something about who Jesus is. He is God's Messiah, God's Christ, God's promised one. And the word Christ or Messiah both mean the same thing. They mean anointed one, anointed one. And so, you know, David was anointed with oil when he was appointed king. And so in the Old Testament, David, King David is called a Messiah or a Christ with a lowercase m or a lowercase c. But we call Jesus the Christ with a capital C or the Messiah with a capital M. He is the the greatest king. In the Old Testament, three offices required ceremonial anointing with oil. Three offices in the Old Testament required ceremonial anointing with oil. The office of a prophet, the office of a priest, and the office of a king. And each of these offices was crucial to God's people. Prophets were men with a message from God. Prophets were men with a message from God. Priests were men who stood between God and his people. Priests were men who stood between God and his people, offering atonement for their sins and interceding on their behalf. And then kings, of course, were men who ruled over God's people and saved them from their enemies. But despite great prophets like Moses and Elijah, priests like Aaron and Samuel, and kings like David and Hezekiah, God promised something better, someone better. And as time wore on, Israel longed for their promised Messiah, their promised Christ, their promised prophet, priest, and king. And so this morning, let's open our Bibles and stand together for the reading of God's word in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 9 through 22. As we begin our series on waiting for Christ with this first sermon, waiting for a prophet, waiting for a prophet. Deuteronomy 18, verses 9 through 22. When you come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominable practices of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering, 
Anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens or a sorcerer or a charmer or a medium or a necromancer or one who inquires of the dead. Whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations which you are about to dispossess, listen to fortune tellers and to diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do this. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen, just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God or see this great fire anymore, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, they are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how may we know the word that the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, fill our hearts with hope, faith, joy, and love as we wait for our promised prophet, priest, and king, that by him we may learn your will for our salvation, receive reconciliation through his perfect sacrifice, and enjoy deliverance from all our enemies under his righteous reign. In the name of Jesus Christ, our mediator, who always lives to make intercession for us. We pray and ask these things. Amen. You may be seated. Israel had been homeless in the desert wilderness for 40 years. At last, they stood on the border of their new home, the land that God had promised to their forefather Abraham. I love to come home. I'm not much of a traveler. I'm a homebody. I even like to be home when I'm coming home from vacation. I'm glad to be home. I'm not disappointed that the vacation is over, although it's nice. I want to be home. And imagine being without a home for 40 years in a desert wilderness and then to stand at the border of a land flowing with milk and honey, knowing that this is your new home, a home that God had promised you. But Moses knew that this land of blessing would also bring new challenges and temptations. He knew that Israel would find themselves in need of guidance and help as they encountered their enemies in the land and drove them out according to God's command. 
Moses knew that they would find themselves in need of a word from the Lord. And in those days, Israel would be in danger of turning to the practices of the pagan nations around them. Nations which sought help and guidance through fortune tellers and mediums. People who claimed to be able to consult with dead spirits. We might call having a seance today. These nations even burnt their children as offerings to false gods. Gods that didn't really exist because they thought it would get the gods' attention, and then they would receive a message from the gods. And this was abominable to the true God of heaven and earth. And verse 14 of our text summarizes why these nations were an abomination to God. What was at the root of the problem? It says that they listen. They listen to fortune tellers and to diviners. The voices that we listen to say a lot about who we are and what we believe. The voices that we allow into our lives are one of the clearest indications of our values and often of our character. Israel would go on to settle the land and anoint their first king, King Saul. And at first, Saul did well. He listened to the voice of the Lord. He heeded Moses' warnings. 1 Samuel 28.3 even says that Saul expelled the mediums and spiritists from the land. He drove out the fortune tellers and the necromancers and these people who were abominable to God. But there came a time when a great army gathered its forces to fight against Israel. And King Saul was terrified. And God didn't answer him the way that he wanted. And desperate for a word of certainty about the future, desperate to know what would happen, Saul went to a medium or a witch, as the King James says, at Endor. And he asked her to summon the spirit of the dead prophet Samuel. Now, this is a bizarre story, one of the most bizarre in in the whole Bible. And it's especially bizarre to us in the modern West because we are very far removed from the kind of superstitious spirituality of Israel's ancient neighbors. Today, if you went to Africa or other parts of the world, there would be places where this kind of superstitious worship Witch doctors and idol worship would still continue even to this day. But for us, this seems very strange and and very bizarre. But you know, inside, we're really not that much different from ancient Israel and their neighbors. Although the world around us may change, human beings are basically the same. As things change, things seem to stay the same. We all long to understand the world around us, and to feel like things are in control. We all want certainty about the future. We all want reliable guidance. We want to know. We don't like the uncertainty of not knowing anything. We don't like the uncertainty of having to make a decision about a job or about where we're going to live because we're fearful and afraid we're going to make the wrong decision. And when we are distressed 
or afraid or terrified of heart like King Saul, we aren't tempted to go to a medium, but we are tempted to listen to whatever voice is speaking the loudest and with the most confidence. And it's very easy to get sucked up in shallow, foolish, or ungodly voices. Some people really do turn to superstition. They read their horoscope. Some people listen to those and and really put a lot of stock in them. Some people just indulge superstitious practices, and sometimes those even have a Christian veneer. They sound religious. They sound spiritual. But they're really very superstitious and and really very weird and very strange. We need to be very careful about that, that kind of hyper-charismatic emphasis. Some people listen to false teachers and prosperity preachers on YouTube because they guarantee you that if you do X, Y will happen. Sometimes we get sucked up in conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories are appealing to us because what they do is they give us a simplistic explanation of all the evils in the world. It's always this elusive group of people who are the source of all of our evils in the world, and it makes us feel like we understand what's going on and we're in control even when the world is shifting around us. And Isaiah says, do not listen to all that this people call conspiracy because conspiracy theories were a problem even in ancient Israel. And somebody who's always latching on to conspiracy theories is is revealing a lack of trust in God and his sovereignty and his providence instead of trusting God that he knows and he's in control. And this can take a million different forms, but this is the point this morning. We are prone to listen to the wrong voices. We are prone to listen to the wrong voices. And what we really need is something better Something better than all that. Someone who will teach us the way we should go. Someone who will tell us everything that we really need to know to make it through this life. Someone we can trust. Someone who will tell us the truth. Someone who will reveal God's will for us and for our salvation. We need a prophet. And Moses' message to Israel in verse 15 is the same message that we need today. Moses assured God's people that they did not need to seek a message from a fortune teller or a dead spirit or a false god or anyone else because the only true and living God would not leave them without a prophet. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. First of all, this coming prophet is like Moses. Our text says he's a, he's a mediator. He's someone who stands between God and his people, giving them God's word. I can't imagine what it would have been like to be at Mount Sinai when God revealed his glory and his majesty. But verse 16 says it was a fearsome sight to behold, and the voice of God thundering was so terrible that they didn't want to hear from God anymore. And they asked for a man that could hear from God on their behalf and then bring the message back. And that man was Moses. And they looked to him as a great prophet, someone who gave them God's word and law. 
But through Moses, God revealed that an even greater prophet and mediator was yet to come. Second, the coming prophet is one who will speak truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord. In verse 18, God says of this prophet, I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I have commanded. Jesus in his ministry, if you pick up on this, you will begin to see it everywhere. Jesus was constantly stressing, I only speak what my father has given me. He was fulfilling this prophecy of speaking in the name of the Lord. Verses 20 to 22 go on to explain how prophets were tested to ensure that they were truly from God. Unlike false prophets of other religions, this promised prophet would speak from God in his name and speak only what he had received from God. And then finally, our text tells us that the coming prophet is one to whom we must listen. This coming prophet is one to whom we must listen. Moses says in verse 15, it is to him you shall listen. And God says in verse 18, whoever will not listen to my words that he will speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. You recall at the transfiguration of Jesus on the mount, one of the most uh, significant events in Christ's earthly life. God speaks from heaven and he says, this is my beloved son, just as he did at the baptism. But what else does he say? He says, listen to him. Listen to him. Those who listen to the coming prophet, listen to God. And those who reject the words of Jesus, reject God himself. Nothing is more important that we really listen to the words of this prophet. And in the Old Testament, listening meant more than just hearing. It meant obeying. When I tell a child or you tell your grandchildren, listen to me, you don't just mean hear what I'm saying and then do whatever you want. You mean obey. And this means that we don't just hear, but we do. That we don't deceive ourselves by coming to church on a Sunday morning and hearing the truth and then walking away and living another way and being hypocrites, being Christians in name only, but in our lifestyle, failing to listen to the Lord, our prophet. Centuries later, we read about John the Baptist. We read about it this morning in our scripture reading. And John's gospel says that the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him a question. You know what one of the questions that they asked? It was, are you the prophet? Are you the prophet? See, the Israel was waiting. They were watching for the coming of this great Mosaic prophet who would declare God's word anew. Give them a new commandment. And that commandment is that we would love one another. It's a new commandment, and yet it's an old commandment. For in this, all the law and the prophets are fulfilled. Israel, John, 
And those of us this morning who are participating in this Advent season, we're looking for a prophet that's greater than Moses or Elijah, greater than Isaiah or Jeremiah, greater than Ezekiel or Daniel. Do you long for his word in this world that's filled with so many voices? Are you weary of the cacophony of voices trying to get our attention on social media and on the radio and on TV and in our world? Everybody wants us to lend our ear. In the midst of human voices who offer security and offer answers and offer understanding and and claim to have everything we need to make sense of this world and to, to know what we ought to do and where we ought to go. Do you long to hear a word? Don't look any further than God's coming prophet. Everything we need for salvation and for the Christian life and to make it all the way to heaven is found in the Holy Scriptures and especially in the words of our prophet in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Do you long for his word every day? Do you take time to open the scriptures, search the scriptures, and listen to him? Or if we're honest, in any day's time, do we spend more time listening to the radio or TV or a podcast or the talk show trying to offer us understanding and give us a sense like where things are under control? Or are we like the psalmist meditating on the word of the Lord day and night? Who are we listening to? The voices we listen to this Advent and all year round say a lot about who we really are and what we really believe. The voices that we allow into our lives are one of the clearest indications of our values and even of our character. This Advent, I'd encourage you to take extra time to listen to God's prophet as we wait for his coming. Let's stand together and bow our heads for a moment of silent prayer and search our hearts and confess our sins to God even as we prepare our hearts to receive the Lord's Supper. Thank you for listening to the Holy Joy Sermon Podcast. Our labors for a holy, happy church are supported by generous listeners like you. Please pray about partnering with us at holyjoys.org forward slash donate.